Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So glad you've joined me. Recently, I have been getting phone calls from people asking me a very strange question. It's the first time in my life I've ever had this happen. I've had friends and uh, people who are not so close as friends call me and say, hey, I need to know, are you in the family? And I didn't know what they were talking about. I have a family. I've been in another family. I, yes, I am a family guy. But uh, if what you mean is, am I in the mafia, like that kind of family? No, I couldn't figure out what they were talking about. Well, as you may already know, there's a new series on Netflix called The Family. And it's about a kind of a secretive, quiet Christian organization that's been working in Washington, D.C. and in our corridors of power for many, many decades. And now that this is coming to light and now that it's the, the name, the family is well known, people who know me as a Christian who's somewhat active in D.C. Uh, are asking me if I'm in the family. So let's dive in. What is this thing and why would they think I was part of it? Not that that's the biggest part of what I'm talking about today. And more importantly, I think, what do I think of this five-part series on the family that I have now watched? Well, first of all, the family I know better as the fellowship. I've heard about it. No, I am not part of it, have never been part of it, but I'm aware of it and aware of it under the name the fellowship. It started many decades ago, really back sort of during World War II, maybe just slightly after World War II, when our primary enemy in the world, our primary concern with atheistic communism. And many people, especially business people, especially leading Christians, people in Congress, people in the Senate, uh, people in our government, throughout our government, uh, were concerned about the moral and spiritual state of our country. So organizations and movements began to arise to encourage uh, resurgent Christianity, to claim our Christian moorings as a country, to strengthen those spiritual roots as we faced uh, atheistic communism worldwide, that it affected just about everything. It affected some of the monuments we have in D.C. Why, for example, do you go to the Jefferson Monument and see so many distinctly faith-oriented quotes chiseled into the walls? Well, because that monument was completed when we were in this battle, again, with atheistic communism worldwide. So there are lots of things that were shaped by this. This was not just the religious right. This was not just the churches. This was not just clergy. Uh, This was the way a great many people felt. And so an organization began to arise uh, that was informal at first, and it was largely about encouraging faith, fellowship, uh, deep spiritual lives, deep deep commitment to Jesus amongst our nation's leaders. Uh, It began to be known as the fellowship. It was eventually, and I'm giving you a fly over here, uh, not all the details, it was eventually led by a man named Doug Coe. And so this organization was 
was intentionally quiet slash secret. Uh, it was about affecting individual lives. It was about getting people together at several large homes that the fellowship eventually owned in the D.C. area uh, to fellowship, to talk, uh, to strengthen each other's spiritual lives, to gain a vision for Christianity uh, in the corridors of power, uh, and to encourage these kinds of themes. And yes, Doug Coe, the leader, said you'll have more influence if you keep it secret, if you don't make it about an organization, if you don't make it about uh, your personality, if you don't make it about money, if you don't make it about certain locations, you just make it a movement. This was pretty standard stuff. And probably the way you would know anything about the fellowship, the best, unless of course you've seen this this Netflix miniseries, is that they sponsor the National Prayer Breakfast every year. That entire prayer breakfast and all of the attendant events, which take, in some cases, almost a week, are basically sponsored by the quote-unquote fellowship, or now it's going to be called, I'm sure, the family, since the Netflix series is making that popular. So this series is very interesting, uh, and I, I just want to cut to the chase and say what I believe. Let me say again, I, I am not part of the fellowship. I'm not part of the family. I know some of the people interviewed. I know some of the people who have been in Congress and in corridors of power positions of power. Um, But no, I've never been to their facilities. I've never been in their meetings. I just maybe know a few who who have been involved. That's about as far as it goes. So having said this, the, the, the thing that most strikes me about this series is that it is a classic case of journalism, in my opinion, creating suspicion without any beef. Some of you are old enough to remember that years and years ago, there was a Wendy's commercial where a little old lady came on the screen and said, where's the beef? Where's the beef? And it was, you know, it intended to pick on other uh, hamburger companies at a time when Wendy's was just becoming known. And that phrase, where's the beef, has been used uh, to in all kinds of ways, uh, largely to criticize people when you're saying, where's the stuff? Where's the evidence? Where's the heft? Where's any content? And that's pretty much what I want to say about this series. Now, it's very well produced. It's very well shot. It's very well directed. It intermixes some acting um, and some dr- drama with uh, sort of footage, uh, live live footage, historical footage. Uh, it's well done. I like the way the interviews are done. I like the settings. Uh, I, I like the story that it tells. It does a good job of capturing it. Um, and I think it's it's it at least attempts in some ways to be objective. But what bothers me, and again, I want to say, this is the last time I'll say it, this is not coming from any personal offense because I have no connection to this organization. What bothers me is, is that it uses all the journalistic, I won't call them tricks, but tactics of creating an air of suspicion when I can't find any real deep seated wrong or complaint about this organization. The music is in an ominous minor key. The production is intentionally plotting at times. We're unfolding a conspiracy. There's something going on here. Ominous, 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 dark. Uh, Journalists are interviewed, which is always uh, something you want to watch when journalists are overrepresented uh, in, in in a documentary. 
They aren't the primary actors. They're reflecting. They're giving their perspective. So they're suspicious. They don't like religion and politics. They don't like religion in our national life. They have certain interpretations of the First Amendment. And I'm sure they're good people. In fact, I write for Religion News Service, and some of the people interviewed are from Religion News Service. And I'm glad they are. I celebrate them. I'm glad for what they do. But I I can't, I I, I watch so carefully because people, (laughs) again, it sort of concentrates the mind when people. People call and say, are you in this thing? Well, you watch very carefully to see, well, maybe, who knows, I'm I'm in the background somewhere in some scene or something. I don't know. Uh, and I couldn't find the beef. Now, there are some complaints. There are some things that are shown to be flaws and errors uh, in the history of this organization. There are some practices. There are some emphases. Uh, there are some theologies I wouldn't fully agree with, but they are well within the pale of Christianity. Um, uh, that's not a defensive statement. That's just true. I'm speaking as a guy who knows a little bit about Christian theology. This is well within the pale. And uh, it's not a, a right-wing institutional takeover. It's an organization that wants to exert influence and that practices secrecy. Um, quiet, I prefer the word quiet um, because when you, I can tell you as a guy who's, who's worked a lot in spiritual things, been a pastor for a lot of years, and then now uh, doing what I do now, that you don't, when you're talking to people about their faith, when you're talking to people about the moral crises in their lives, you don't want to be public. You don't want to be out too much out in the open. You don't want to out people. Um, one of the things that's most hurt uh, the cause of the good cause of religion in D.C. is that you know guys show up with cameras and mailing lists, and then they want Senator So and So to talk about his, his personal spiritual life. Well, he's not going to do it. You're going to put him on camera. You're going to write about him. You're going to put on your blog about your meeting with this guy. He doesn't want it to be that way. So people have learned these lessons, and they've gone quiet. They've worked in secrecy. They've worked in a way that is sort of behind the scenes. And I got to tell you that that's the only way it could work. So that's not a big negative to me. Now, there are some things that are brought out um, that are are uh, portrayed as flaws, deformities, negatives. And I agree that they are. First of all, there have uh, been some people who were involved in the fellowship who had affairs. Um, and I'll tell you what, just let me tell you straight up, institutions of faith, churches, um, organizations like this often don't deal with that stuff very well. I, I just tell you, pastors will tell you straight up, we have a hard time dealing with divorces. We have a hard time confronting people about allegations of affairs. It's not cowardice. It's just a, a messy area to get into, and it's hard to make it right. And the ones depicted in the in the doc, if they're accurately portrayed, they didn't go right, and nobody would say they did go right. Okay, then you may recall uh, that there was a fairly attractive young Russian lady who, as recently as last year, uh, was basically assigned by her masters in Moscow to infiltrate American politics. So she chose the right. She made a big stink, made a big positive play in the NRA, the National Rifle Association. She'd make speeches where she, and it's, it's seen in the doc, where she'd open her jacket, and uh, I imagine part of this was to show a little bit of shapeliness, but she'd also have her pistol strapped. On the NRA loved this, and she eventually ended up at the national prayer breakfast, which everybody knows if you want to have influence, you ought to be there. 
And certainly that's what an outsider would think. So she's pictured at this event. She was later charged with espionage uh, and is serving time. And this is part of our ongoing tension with Russia. Now, I completely believe this was portrayed correctly uh, in the film. I'm aware of this situation. Don't know the woman, not a member of the NRA. Again, not part of the fellowship. However, um, this what's, what's said about this woman, her intentions, the illegality of her actions, and her trying to play the right, play the NRA, and, and manipulate the purposes of the prayer breakfast, um, absolutely correct. And she got her, her just dessert, so to speak. So couldn't agree more. Absolutely couldn't agree more. They also portray that people knowing that the National Prayer Breakfast is kind of a power center, uh, people would come to the prayer breakfast and work up deals. They'd publicly offer to broker arrangements and meetings between two parties and charge huge fees for it and so on. And eventually the fellowship had to say, uh, no business being conducted for personal political purposes. None of that's going to be done. None of that's going to be sanctioned. So they corrected themselves. Now, again, I'm not saying the fellowship is perfect. But I watched almost five hours, at least five 45-minute segments of this thing and still can't find the beef. This is nothing more than a Christian organization trying to exert influence amongst the political set in America. And while, again, their tactics weren't always right and they messed some things up and they had some emphases I'm sure they regret and there are some things they wish they hadn't done, the, the bottom line is that this is I, there's nothing untoward. There's no attempt to take over the American government. There's no attempt to intrude. Uh, this is not even a violation of the of the First Amendment. Um, People in Congress can attend whatever religious meetings they want. People on the Hill can attend whatever religious meetings they want. This is not funded by the U.S. government. This is a privately funded event. And if every president shows up and a huge portion of, of our political set show up, then that's that's the way it goes. There are other uh, religious events that are officially sanctioned. Uh, the opening of the Supreme Court is actually in a church service. And so uh, we have events like that, but this one's not even that far, far along. So all of that to say, I can't find the beef. Why are we stirred up about this? But hey, cue the minor music, minor tone, key music. Cue the ominous, slow-moving camera. Uh, Cue the darkened figures. Uh, Cue the uh, camera zooming in on a face behind two officials shaking hands as though they're the power behind the throne. Now, again, I want to compliment the filmmakers. And and I love the fact that religious themes are brought out in documentaries and that Netflix is... is, is, uh, paying attention to it and funding these things. I'm, I'm thrilled for all of it. Don't, don't hear me being saying this kind of thing shouldn't be made and Netflix shouldn't be supporting it. Absolutely not. Out with it. <laughs> let's, let's have it all aired. That's fantastic. I just can't find in Washington, D.C., a city of influence, a city of influence peddlers, where the offenses, where some Christians for about six decades have decided that they want to impact the political set and have put together opportunities for meetings and discussion. They specifically don't have an organization. They specifically are not trying to take over. They're specifically not running candidates. They're specifically not doing any of that kind of thing because they want to, as they say, this is their words, they want to encourage people to be devoted to, quote, Jesus only. I assume this means Jesus apart from denominations, Jesus apart from human rules, Jesus apart from organizations, etc. Well, sounds like a fairly 
perfectly noble thing to me, even if you're not a follower of Jesus. You can't be upset about the basic ideas. Um, And so all that to say, my problem, the thing you hear in my voice is not that this has been made. I think it's well made. I plan to read Jeff Charlotte's book called The Family that the series is based on. I haven't read it yet. I've heard him speak before. He's an intelligent man, good journalist. I'm thrilled for all of it. Don't misunderstand. When it's all said and done, when the cloud of dust settles, when you've watched the series, somebody's got to tell me, other than someone's uh, secular concerns about the influence of religion amongst our political set, other than some of these errors they've made through the years, all of which they've acknowledged and none of which had any major impact on uh, anything about American government. And most of them weren't even about them. They can't, they can't help it if some guy attends their events and then goes and has an affair. And they, they didn't have anything to do with this Russian uh, spy basically infiltrating the, the prayer breakfast. She got invited. She used that opportunity. It wasn't on them. All that to say, I just can't find the beef. And this is, this, this is why this is the main issue I want to raise is that the only thing I would say to these people, to these producers and directors, and to Jeff himself, uh, if we're sitting in a room, we're having a steak, whatever, is guys, you're just creating this sense of suspicion about religion in general uh, in our capital as an influence in our government. It's always been there. It always will be there. There are Muslim Congress people and there are Christian Congress people. And we could have done a documentary just like this about the Catholics because most of the, the most, most represented uh, Christian denomination uh, in D.C. is Roman Catholicism. Far outnumbers any Baptist, fundamentalists, anybody else, certainly Muslims, uh, certainly Jews. So let's have a documentary about the Catholics. You, you understand that I'm being sarcastic. So I want to have a dialogue. I'm not trying to shut anybody down. Again, I celebrate this kind of journalism. I sh- celebrate these kinds of series. Bring it all out. But for heaven's sakes, if you're going to devote five 45-minute uh, episodes to a quote-unquote exposing an organization, then tell me what the big offense is unless all we're concerned, unless we're people who just want a secular America and anything religious in D.C. makes us nervous. That's, that's pretty much the conclusion that I draw. Again, I want to give total props to those involved. Glad you're dealing with religion seriously. Thank your production values were good. But this ominous treatment of religion as though anybody in a cleric, as though anybody who's talking about Jesus, as though anybody who's praying with somebody in Congress is doing something untoward and that we should all be concerned and suspicious and maybe stamp this out. I I, I just don't get it. Now, granted, I'm fully willing to admit my bias. I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative Christian. I think probably most of what the fellowship's done has been just fine. I love them uh, encouraging morality amongst the DC political set. Believe me, we could use more of it. But all I'm trying to say is some Somebody show me where the big offense is that, that, that mandated this kind of treatment. I can't find the big ills that led us to this. Hey, watch it, debate it, learn from it, write me, tell me things. My daughter and I are going to have a big discussion soon. I imagine she and I will disagree. She'll still be my daughter and I'll still be her father. I like this kind of debate, but something's missing here. Something's missing. And if what we did was a five hour, uh, a five episode series on just suspicions that something might've been going on and we don't like religion, well, we need to rethink that mainly because that's relatively un-American to suspect 
suspect religion, to suspect God talk, to treat as treat all religion in DC as though it's a conspiracy doesn't make sense to me. Hey, I think I've made my point. Watch it. You probably have Netflix. Watch it. Watch all five hours. Write me. Let's talk. Let's debate. It's going to be in our culture and a big old talking meme for a long time. But I'm intrigued. Where's the beef? Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.